Hello and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where every week we bring you interesting discussion on our favorite business. The business of agriculture. It's food, fuel, fiber, farming. It's the business we were raised in, the business we like to be a part of, and it's the business that feeds the world. You know, I last week was on the road a lot. I was in Oregon with the Farm Bureau and talked to the Young Farmer and Rancher Division up there. That was cool. And then I was in uh, Nebraska and I was in Kansas. I did about four presentations between those two states. So it was a really good week. And I'm going to give you some of the same material that I delivered in Norfolk, Nebraska. I went to the Exceptional Women's Conference, a fantastically well-supported, a huge event. 320, 340 women from Nebraska go to this. It's held at a community college. It's the 10th anniversary. Uh, several women that keep up with me on social media are involved with the planning and production of it. And it was really, really well done. Uh like I said, 300 and some people there. They've got breakouts all day talking about, uh, you know, everything from USDA policy to financials to, you know, what's going on with interest rates and banking. And then you've got, you know, environmental issues. You've got fantastic stuff. I was the keynoter. I was the kickoff to this presentation. And then they said, would you please do a breakout? And this is something I'd actually like to do if you happen to be in the business of agriculture and you're looking at maybe hiring me for a, a presentation. One thing that this group did it was it was very very nicely done. They had all these workshops, and they uh, they booked me then also to do an add on, if you will, a workshop, a breakout, and it was about fifty five minutes, fifty minutes. I did a program called Defining Your Story Within the Business of Agriculture, and effectively, it was. Uh, speech training. It was communication uh, training. It was how you can talk better in front of other people. It's public speaking, it's communication, some of it's media, and of course there's the social media aspect of it, and then there's the real media, if you want to call it that, uh, everything from fake news to your local newspaper. How to deliver an effective message that is beneficial for you, that gets your point across, and does not waste the viewer's time is really what we're talking about. And I mean, I don't know much. I'm willing to admit that. I'm an agricultural economics major uh, from a dairy farm background, and I've been on my own for 25 years. I know a good amount about uh, agriculture. I know a good amount about small business. I obviously started this one, and I've got a few other little things going on. But I think I know a little bit about talking. And I've been doing it for a long time, 25 years and about 2,000 audiences. So I said, you know, this is something I really can do and I believe I can help them out. And it's actually something now I'm going to start offering more as an add-on, if you will. I've already done the big keynote slot, the big opener or whatever you want to call it there at uh, these conferences and these corporate meetings. But now, what about a workshop on how to more effectively communicate? In other words, defining your story within the business of agriculture. So I'm going to tell you essentially what we covered there with the ladies. And I had about 60 or 70 of the 320 that came to my workshop. And I think this is something that you can benefit from. So I know that a lot of times we have bankers on here and we have insurance people and soils people and ag business people. Well, this, you know, Thanksgiving week here is just going to be you and me talking about how we can more effectively communicate. So here's a couple things about the industry. First off, when we hear, well, I really want to know where my food comes from. What that means is tell me a story that will make me comfortable 
I want to know where my food comes from means that many of these people don't have a clue where their food comes from. Remember, we're three to four generations removed from the farm in general here in the United States of America. Only 1% of us farm, 7% of our population, 7% out of 325 million are peripherally involved in the industry of agriculture. So you've got a whole bunch of people that don't have a clue. I want to know where my food comes from is a foodie or a, a, a person that wants to think or believe or feel that they're closer to us, which is fine. But it doesn't mean they really want to know how you went out there and yanked needle teeth out of the hogs or, you know, that you, you put chemical fertilizer on your field. So tell them a story. Tell them a little bit about why we do what we do. Let's say you're asked to be a spokesperson at the local Rotary Club or the Optimist or the Exchange Club or Kiwanis or any of the other service organizations. And in fact, you should volunteer to go there in your community. I bet you if you live and work in this business of agriculture, never once did you ever volunteer to go and talk to one of these service clubs and say, hey, I sell fertilizer. I grow soybeans. I raise pigs. I'm in the kumquat business. Hey, I process canola up here in Alberta. Whatever your thing is, I'll bet you you could probably go to some local civic organization and say, I'd like to talk to you about my business because it dawns on me that we're pretty misunderstood in agriculture. I want to know where my food comes from really means tell me a story that makes me feel good and also give me the straight data but don't necessarily tell me the stuff that's going to scare me, like how you cut the bulls, uh, balls off of a bull. Uh, don't, don't necessarily tell me about how you how you butcher hogs. I, I don't want that. I don't want to know that. Okay. I've got my things I want you to stop doing and my things I want you to start doing. And then I'm going to tell you, frankly, about better communication techniques. Okay? So I've got what to stop doing, what to start doing, and then the 10 tips to a amazing presentation, 10 tips to effective communication, and that's in public. Maybe you're at a corporate event. Maybe you're at an association event. Maybe your company wants you to go out and pitch a new product. So I'm going to tell you how to do all that after I get through my don't do this and start doing this. Okay, so let's go through the stop doing thises. Business of agriculture, please, for God's sakes, will you stop being a passionate Overly passionate advocate advocating for ag as a passionate passion pusher. Okay, we're about five years into this whole passion push. I'm a little bit overdone with it. Passion means an uncontrollable, almost out of control, uh, strong emotion. Okay, are you really that strongly emotional, almost out of control emotionally over canola processing? Come on. It's nice that you care about your industry, and yes, we know that we love this, this business that we're in, but are we passionately, overly passionate, overly emotional about it? Come on. Also, the word advocate, I get called this sometimes. It's a neat word, but you know what? It's about like passion. It's been a little overused. How about if you are a knowledgeable, caring industry leader, thought leader in the business of agriculture, there to tell an organization about what great things we do in this business. Number two, stop the uh, stop allowing negative imagery of our industry. You know, Hee Haw isn't that long ago. What, 30 or so, 40 years ago was the show Hee Haw. You know, the bib overalls and the straw hats and all that. And I frankly cannot stand it when agriculture is portrayed that way. We are professionals. We have college degrees. We have millions of dollars of capital at risk. Why then are we allowing ourselves to be portrayed as a bunch of hicks? I cannot stand it. I know you can't either. Now, there are times that we actually 
invent this for ourselves. I'll be at a corporate function. I'll be at a membership meeting, you know, an association. And it might be an all-day event. And yet I see some folks in agriculture that showed up in the dirty clothes they wore yesterday. There's no way they got dirty this morning. We showed up at 7.15 a.m. and you've got mud all over your shoes and your coverall. You're wearing bib overalls or, or Carhartts to a business meeting? Let's not pretend you just climbed off of the uh, drainage uh, machine or just got out of the combine. It's February. Don't allow yourself to be portrayed this way and stop portraying yourself this way. We don't need to be made to look like a bunch of ignorant hicks because the media sometimes wants to grind that story anyhow. So please, think about our image. We are business professionals. Another thing as far as our communication. You got to stop using the science. I've told you this all the time. Our vernacular, when we talk about things like castration and, and we talk about things like, uh, you know, uh, practices we do in the field. The science part of it, the chemistry part of it, the herbicide part of it, the animal husbandry part of it, that's lost on most of our consumers. So we're going to talk in a more simplistic manner. Still using business terms, yes, but maybe not some of the vernacular specific to agriculture. You want to be a more effective communicator. You want to be uh, successful in this business. Talk about production only with us, but not with our consumers. You're saying what? Yes, this is something that I think we need to stop doing. In agriculture, when we tell our consumers how productive we are, our consumers hear, oh, you got 220 bushel corn out of that field? I heard that we're subsidizing corn with my tax dollars. You see, when we talk about how productive we are to non-ag people, they hear, yes, that's why I'm subsidizing you. Oh, that's why there's a glut of this. Oh, that must be why we're paying you not to farm. Remember, those are still things that our consumers believe happens, and they also rightly or wrongly, believe that they're paying for it. If you want to talk about production, do so from an environmental standpoint, meaning what we do is so amazingly good in production, it has saved us soil. We are taking bad, erodible ground out of production. You know, we're so productive, we go over the ground less than we ever used to. We used to drive out there seven times and burn all this diesel. We don't have to do that anymore. We're so productive, we're taking erodible ground and putting trees out there so it produces oxygen for you and your family and for wildlife. You want to tell a production story? Make it an environmental production story. Okay, and then... The last thing I want you to stop doing agriculture, I want you to stop preaching to the choir. What? If agriculture were a person, we'd be the crazy old man sitting on a park bench muttering to himself. That's the problem, okay? We love to preach to the choir. We talk to ourselves all the time. We tell each other how hard we work. We tell each other how amazing we are. We tell each other about why the, uh, the environmental wackos got it wrong. Go tell them! Go tell them why they got it wrong. We tell the, the same stories to ourselves. Volunteer to go out and talk to our consumers instead of talking to ourselves. Okay, now a couple things I want you to start doing. I want you to start telling personal, authentic, and emotional stories. This is excellent, especially for females. I'm not being gender biased. I'm just telling you that that's why there's so many farm hers. And a lot of the ladies on social media have tremendous following because there are the suburban housewives that now can dial into this and say, I've got children, but I live on a cul-de-sac in, in the suburbs of Indianapolis. And I am so grateful that I can keep up with this person out here because they tell me why they're doing what they're doing and they show me around and I just really, now I know where my food comes from. Get it? Emotional, personal, authentic. Those things are gelling now in the era of social media. 
Start portraying yourself as professionals in the business of food. And I already talked to you about image, so I'm not going to carry on about it. But I would like to point out that playing the poor farmer role doesn't do us any favors. Oh, I'm so darn broke, I ain't going to make it this year. Now, does that really does that really sound good to our consumers? Do you really think that's going to effectively communicate? No. Portray yourself as a professional in the business of agriculture. That's what we are. Fight better. You know, our detractors use emotion. Our detractors put us uh, out there as a bunch of uh, crazy hooligans that destroy the environment. And we just spray chemicals haphazardly everywhere. So what we need to do is stop fighting fair and stop fighting nice. John Steinbeck, the great author, author of Grapes of Wrath, Travels with Charlie, Cannery Row. He once said, if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, you're an idiot. I couldn't agree more. I'm the youngest of nine kids. I got four older brothers. You know what? I don't fight fair. I'm littler than them. I fight dirty. We should also. Our detractors fight dirty. They make us look bad. They use our imagery, or or what we should say is the stereotype of our imagery, against us. And then they portray us as a bunch of hooligans that are out here, roughshod, eroding away soil, and burning all kinds of fossil fuels, and throwing chemicals everywhere, insecticide, herbicide, shoot, yeah. We need to fight more like they do. I would like it if the Farm Bureau organization would, instead of talking in, in sound bites that they use for press releases, well, the Farm Bureau does not support that. What the hell did that do? Why don't we instead use our money and say things like put out a, a, a press release, put out commercials, use social media to our benefit and say, do you realize the humane side of the United States is not interested in humane treatment of animals at all? They want to remove animals from your plate. They want there to be no pork chops for you, no bacon for Bubba. They want there to not be eggs for your children's breakfast. Why don't we talk about Environmental Working Group, which is a left-wing, radical cause group that bills itself as a human health organization. They almost sound like they're a government entity, but they are not. They are a bunch of radical anti-agriculture crazies. Why don't we point that out? Let's fight better. And if you're in agriculture, I want you to also understand this. The media is not the news. Did you hear me? Understand this. If you were ever involved in a report, if you're ever involved with a, a discussion with the media, if they ever want to use you for a story as a source for some sort of story, realize that they very well might have their own agenda and you are just going to provide fodder for that. So realize that the media is not the news. I've talked about this before. It's important to say it again. I wrote an article, a blog article, about fake news in agriculture. Look it up if you want. The media is a selling forum. The media is an industry that is paid for uh, by sponsors, and their profits are derived by sponsors. They want to get more eyes, more clicks, more tune-ins, more viewers, more listeners, more readers, more subscribers. That's all they care about. It is not about the sanctity of information. It is not about news that, you know, will save humanity. No, it's about getting viewers, clickers, subscribers, and Folks to join in their media because then the more viewers, clickers, subscribers, listeners they have, the more they can charge for advertising. Understand that the media is not there to do you any favors in most cases. Now, if it's ag media, that's a different story. But be very cautious, be very guarded, and also uh, realize whose side they are on. And it's not usually yours. Okay, now let's talk about how you 
Damien, this has been a lot of fun. I hope it has. I hope it has. You know, I'm doing these uh, podcasts now where I'm also recording the videos. So I'll put it on YouTube. And if you say, hey, man, I listen to it when I'm driving down the road with my sales job or I'm out there in a tractor, whatever, you also can watch the video. So what I help the ladies in Nebraska with, I put together this program and uh, for the breakout session, how to more effectively talk about the business of agriculture. And really, it's speech training. It's communication training. It's how to more effectively deliver your message. So I've got 10 tips to better public speaking. So if you haven't even enjoyed the first part of this whole podcast and recording, you know what? Just take it from here and it'll be well worth your time. Because again, I got 25 years of experience in front of thousands of audience doing this. And I'm going to give it to you right now. And why my opinion of the 10 tips to more effective communication, how to better talk in public. Better public talking. That's what it is. Number one, in one concise sentence, describe your presentation. In one concise sentence, describe your message. In one concise sentence, describe your purpose for being there. In one concise sentence, describe why you are there and they should listen to you. Does that make sense? And you're saying, why one concise sentence? Because if I asked you right now, hey, the local Chamber of Commerce wants a representative from agriculture to come in because it's in the news with all the trade and uh, environmental regulations going on. They need somebody from the industry. You're it. Oh, okay. You're going to just say, well, I guess I'll go in there and just answer their questions. No, you don't want to go in and just answer their questions. You want to go in and in one concise sentence describe what your purpose of being there is. Hi, I'm Damian Mason. I'm a farm owner, a farm boy, and a degree in agricultural economics guy. While I'm not actively farming, other than my hobby beef operation and a couple acres of hay, I do know a lot about our industry, and I think it's under attack. I'm going to tell you why it's under attack and what I'd like you to do to support the business that feeds you, the business of agriculture. Now, that wasn't one concise sentence, but it was a concise statement. Can you describe in one sentence why you're there? Try My name is Joe Blow. I'm here to tell you why agriculture is doing great things for the environment and why you should be a fan of what we're doing in modern agriculture. Boom! Remember, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do? That's the questions. What do you want them to know? You want them to know that agriculture is doing great things for the environment. What do you want them to feel? You want them to feel good that when they eat that corn on the cob and that steak and that chicken breast and that and that cranberry uh, sauce here at Thanksgiving and that stuffing and that turkey, whatever it is, you want them to feel good that they're supporting an industry that does good. So you want them to know. You want them to feel. What do you want them to do? I'm Damian Mason. I want you to understand when I'm done talking today that agriculture is doing great things for the environment while providing humanity the biggest selection and variety of food that's that we've ever had on planet Earth. It's also safer than it's ever been and more available. And I want you to support our industry. Boom. Gadgets are not the presentation. You are. So always forget, never forget that. One concise sentence. And also, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to feel? What do you want them to do? Okay. Number two tip to better public talking. A lot of folks, when they get assigned to the task of, I've got to show up and talk, I've got to give a presentation, they go right to the computer and they create a PowerPoint. Oh, I'll put together a PowerPoint, and that way is my crutch. I don't have to actually do anything. I can just stand up there and read my PowerPoint and click through it. I've seen this a lot on the circuit. Right before they have me get up and talk, 
They have some person from the industry that gets up and talks. And there will be a page of information. It looks like a dictionary or a, or a yellow page. It looks like text after text after text on a screen with bullet points. And then a person stands with their back to the audience and reads the screen. Folks, your audience can read. They don't need you to stand up there with your back to them and read to them. This ain't kindergarten lullaby hour where you're reading to the students. Don't make a PowerPoint the presentation. Make you the presentation and the gadget the PowerPoint. Or whatever it is, the examples, the props. Make that just supplemental. You know, Carrot Top, who's actually not funny at all and hideously ugly and redheaded, in my opinion, is not really all that funny, but you know what? He doesn't have the props as his entire show. He just has them as supplements to his show. Although I've never really found that funny either. So anyway, the point is don't make gadgets and props and PowerPoints your presentation. Make you the presentation. CRE. This is really a, a great lesson right here. I used to do radio years ago. And I had a guy that was an old radio guy. He gave me one lesson I'll never forget. He wasn't even particularly successful in radio, but he knew this. He knew that your show needed three, three elements to be successful. Your show, your speech, your delivery, your message needs to be compelling, relevant, and entertaining. The CRE. Compelling, relevant, and entertaining. Now think about this. You're driving down the road before satellite radio when you would have scan. Remember the scan button that started like 30, 40 years ago? You hit scan, it goes and plays like 8 seconds or 12 seconds, and then it goes to the next one. So let's say you're driving down the road and you've got it on scan, and there's something that comes on. And it says, hi, I'm here to tell you about the business of agriculture and why we're doing great things for the environment, and you need to support us versus these environmental radicals like Environmental Working Group. If I'm driving down the road and I heard that, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to stop on this. This person sounds interesting, compelling. And if I happen to be in the business of ag, it's relevant to me. It means something to me. It matters to me. So now I've got the compelling part of it that made me stop and listen. It's relevant to me, so I'm going to stay tuned. I'm going to stay right there and listen some more. And entertaining, see, if something is entertaining, You'll come back to it tomorrow, won't you? You'll become more of a fan. So it's the compelling, relevant, entertaining. It gets them to tune in. It gets them to stay tuned in. And it gets them to come back and listen more and stay tuned more and be a part of your ongoing message. You're saying, Damien, you're entertaining. You've got a comedy background. I don't. I'm not entertaining. You don't have to be funny to be entertaining. You don't have to be a comedian to be entertaining. You know, you can tell a story and that's entertaining. You can tell a very heartfelt story about you and your spouse and the accomplishments you've had or the setbacks you endured or something you learned. Humans like stories. Our brains are programmed to tune in to stories. Entertaining doesn't have to be funny. It's entertaining. It can be educational. It can be informative. And it can be a story. Eye contact and confidence. This is points number four and five to uh, being a better presenter. If you want to be an effective communicator for the business of agriculture or for yourself or to get yourself promoted or to get yourself that first job or second job or move up job, you've got to be a better public talker. You've got to be able to look people in the eye and confidently deliver. So let's go with point number four and five. You're saying, Damien, I've always struggled with this. You know what? So have I. I'm on the road talking for a living, and I still struggle sometimes with eye contact. When I'm just talking to one person, I sometimes I get thoughtful, and I look down, and, and I do this. 
and I'm ADHD. Uh, I, I struggle a little bit with focus. So sometimes I'm, I'm all over the place and I'm not looking you in the eye except my mind is over here thinking about 13 other things. So I very consciously and deliberately make myself look people in the eye. Because I know from dealing with other folks that if they won't look me in the eye when they're telling me something they t supposedly believe, maybe they're lying. Maybe they don't really have any conviction. Maybe they really don't know what they're talking about. So you owe it to yourself and to the... Uh, frankness of your message and to the honesty and integrity of your message to look your person, your audience, your interviewer in the eye when you talk about it. And let's talk about confidence. We're talking about agriculture. You're an expert. You know more about this than almost everybody else on, on, on our planet. Only 7% of our country f is in agriculture. Only 1% farms. So you, you think for one second you should lack confidence? No. Talk about what you know, because confidence comes from knowledge and experience. If you don't know what you're talking about, you shouldn't be confident, and you shouldn't be talking about it. Let's talk about number six. Okay, you want to be a more effective communicator? You want to stand in front of folks and talk about this industry? Talk about yourself? Get a job, sell a product? Turn a client or a prospect on to you and why they should do business with you? Because that's what we're really talking about here. 10 tips to better public talking is really everything you do is about communication. So how do you do this? Well, you don't use gestures nervously. You use gestures powerfully. My wife used to be a trainer years ago. She told me that they would videotape people and then put it on fast forward because people that do a lot of this, then when you put it on fast forward, they look like bumblebees up there. Folks do watch your nonverbal communication. Maybe they don't like being pointed at. Maybe they don't like being pounded to. But you know, occasionally, when you can bring them in through your nonverbal communication, you will be more effective. Use gestures powerfully, not nervously. Number seven, a lot of folks want to prepare a speech, so they write it out. They type it, and they type it, and they type it, and they get up, and they read a speech. Teleprompters. And of course, that's for politicians, because they're always putting out different speeches every single day. Uh, you're not going to be doing that. Don't type and then read a script. Prepare an outline. I'm Cindy Jones. I'm here today to share a great message about this industry known as agriculture. Here on National Ag Week, I want to tell you about what my family does in this industry and why I want you to be a supporter. There you go. And you didn't have to read it. You know yourself. You know what you do. You don't need a script. You need an outline. What are your three points? Your five points. And then under those points, you just say, oh, boom, that's, that's the bullet point. That's the bullet point. Use a script. No. Use an outline. Yes. Do not read to people. Number eight tip to being a better presenter. In the old days, they probably told you, I, I heard it when I was a kid, you open with a joke, you make three points, and you close with a poem. First off, I hate poetry. If you've been in one of my audiences, you know my disdain for poetry. I make points about how much I hate poetry. It is archaic, babbling, gibberish, and it doesn't make any sense. I hate poetry. Don't ever close with a poem. Ugh, I've been at conferences where they have people get them close with a poem. Howie Long, the former NFL football player who's on Fox NFL every Sunday, got paid 50-some thousand dollars to be at a conference of car dealers where I worked years ago, and they didn't care about me. The funny guy that actually interacted and had the people falling out of their chairs laughing, they're all excited about Howie Long, who got up and told three locker room stories and closed with a poem. 
Something he had just read, I think, on the bathroom wall. Oh, don't open with humor and do not close with a poem. And I'm going to tell you why not to open with humor. You're probably not funny. Maybe you are funny. I don't know. But it's a gamble to open with humor because what if it does not work? The only thing that's more awful than no laughs is sympathy laughs. The person's laughing because they feel sorry for you. You don't want that because then it up, upsets and dis, disrupts the rest of your presentation. Now the person is sitting there watching you saying, yeah, well, this guy has some pretty good points, but God, I, I still can't get over the fact that he tried to open with the funny and it just was, it just went bad. If you're not funny, don't try to be. If you open with humor, if you use humor throughout, it's, it's good. Now you know what? Authentic. Stories about you and your children and funny things that have happened. That's good humor. Things that you and your spouse go through while you're working in the business of agriculture. Uh, the worst sales call you ever made and how it ended up being really, really tough on you when you were a 27-year-old. That's a funny story. Maybe don't open with it because maybe it isn't funny right off the bat. But you can use humor throughout your presentation and you should because it humanizes you. Just be careful about opening with humor because it gives you an opportunity to really fall flat on your face. Number nine point to being a more effective communicator. You want to talk in front of people, control your environment. See, there's three elements to any presentation. Whether you're in a job interview, or whether you're meeting with the media, or whether you're in front of a thousand people at a corporate event or association event, or maybe it's just at, like your local co-op, or maybe it's in front of uh, seven of your prospects that brought you into the boardroom to give a presentation about why your product is better and why you should do they should do business with you. In any case, you are still going to be in a situation where there's three elements. There's you and your message. There's the room and the environment. And there is the audience. So there's the audience, the room, and you. You can't control them. But if you control your messaging and you control your environment, you can have the desired effect upon your audience. You see, you already know what you're going to say. And you know what you know. And you're confident about it. And you know the compelling, relevant, entertaining. And you can describe it all in one sentence. And you know what? You get in there and there's a bobcat or a skid loader out there in the parking lot. And the windows are open and it's hot and it's dusty. And then people keep walking over to the, to the refreshments and getting iced tea while you're trying to talk to them. Control your environment. Close the doors, close the windows, set the temperature right, put the audience up close to you, get rid of excess chairs, get rid of handouts so they're not distracted and are reading rather than listening to you. You see, when you control your environment and you already control what your message is going to be, you now have done a more effective job of controlling how your audience will receive it. Does this make sense to you? Of course it does. Control your environment. Last tip to more effective communication. You want to be a great communicator. You want to talk to an audience and have them receive your message in a very good fashion. You want it to be so, oh my God, I want this to be amazing. Then here's how you do it, folks. Never forget the WIFA. The WIFA. What's in it for the audience? What's in it for the audience? WIFA. What's in it for the audience? Okay, I could have put a T in there, WIFTA. What's in it for the audience? You see, people care about themselves. They really don't care about you. I'm sorry to say that, but most people really care about themselves. They want what they want, and they want for themselves, okay? So with that in mind, if they're giving you time to come to the boardroom or stand in front of them or be in the interview process, whatever it is where you're talking in public, never forget that they care about themselves more than they care about you. So what's in it for them? What is the benefit? What are they getting from it? You see, 
when you go into this with the idea that you want to provide them something of benefit, you will be much stronger because now you're thinking like them, not thinking about you. Makes sense? My friend Bruce Turkell has a book called All About Them because really, it is. I just prepared this podcast and this video for you to become a better communicator. I thought to myself, what can I give to my friends, fans, followers, and listeners? I can give you the gift of knowledge that I have from all these years of standing in front of an audience and talking. What's in it for the audience? I hope that indeed you got something from this and you just became a more effective communicator. I'm Damian Mace and this is the Business of Agriculture. I know it was valuable to you. I appreciate you joining in. Till next time.